Thank you very much. Thank you. We're going to begin the sermon today with a children's sermon. This is going to be a very good time. So kids, I'm not scary. It's fine. Can you come on up and uh, sit right here for a little uh, children's sermon? I'm going to move this ball. Bonk. No. Okay. All right. All right. Good to see you all. Now, I'm going to do a few things. And you need to think, what am I training for? What am I training for? Or, how is this making me stronger? In what way is this making me stronger? Okay? Oh, boy. We'll start with this here. Okay, so I am training. Now, how is this making me stronger? Yes? So, what what are the weights? How am I getting stronger with the weights? Somebody answer quickly. I'm getting tired. Yes? Exactly. It is building up. Yes, my muscles are getting stronger. Do you ever go to somebody and go, look at my muscles? And you see a little bump here, hopefully. Okay. You get stronger. All right. Now, next thing. Ready? What am I doing? What is this making me stronger with? Are you ready? (laughs) Running. Okay. What's getting stronger? What? Yes. My legs correct, and something else inside here. Wow. She said your core. That is so good. Oh, my. (laughs) I would have never said that when I was a kid. Yes, the core. Yes, and running helps your legs, your core, and your heart, too. Right? Now, how am I getting stronger? I have a book. It happens to be the native trees of the Midwest, but that's not. No, no, no. My question is, how am I getting stronger? Oh, the hackberry tree. Yes. Okay, how am I getting stronger? Yes. Okay, helping your memory get better. I like it. What other way? Do you know what? Reading, exactly. Reading helps your mind get stronger through reading. It doesn't have to be this. You have books, hopefully, that you like to read. Books are just so good. One more thing. Yes. It teaches you things. It builds your words. We call this vocabulary. You can use different words like core. Okay, good vocabulary word. So it builds your vocabulary. It makes your mind stronger. You learn things. Reading. Oh, very good. Okay, next one. Ready? Uh, Zero times seven is zero. One times seven is seven. Two times seven is 14. Three times seven is what? 21. And one more. Four times seven is? Okay, these are the times tables. Do you do this in school? Okay, so you're learning times tables. All right? Now, are you ready? I have something you haven't seen. I don't know. Have anybody seen this before? Have anybody seen this? That is so funny. You don't even identify this. Oh, okay. Ready? Ready? Let's. Oh, let's do one more. Okay. So, believe it or not, when I was in high school, this was like the coolest handheld game. Right here. 
and it's a little football game with little dots. And that's all. Okay, now, what am I training for? Oh, how are you doing? Oh, how, how are you? Oh, forget it. Okay, what am I training for? Yes. <laughs> I'm working out my thumbs. Okay, actually, do you know what? Um, have you guys... Now, this is a screen, right? I'm focused on the screen. To be honest with you, when I was in high school, my mother took this away from me for a while. Why? Because I was looking at it too much. My mom gave this to me. Was this fun to play? Sure. But when I looked at it too much, what did she do? Because I was looking at it. I was looking at it too much. So my point here is not that the screen is bad. Like... You sometimes watch a TV show or a movie. Yeah, that's good. Or play a game, you know. Now, I'm going to... Have you ever seen the movie Up? Have you seen... Is that Carl? Is it in Mr. Uh, Fredrickson? Okay. Now, see this? Okay. You see this here? All right. Now, in the movie, there were a lot of dogs, right? And how did they distract the dogs in the movie? They said a word, it was an animal. Somebody said it. What was it? Squirrel. squirrel. Okay, so here are the dogs. And then they're doing something, and all of a sudden somebody said squirrel. And what did the dogs do? They went. Okay. Do you know what we do as modern Americans? Okay, we do this. Oh, doing this. Oh, doing this. Screen. And then we're doing this. All of a sudden, screen. What is with us all the time? We're, oh, I'm doing this, doing this. Screen. We're like the dogs with the squirrel, okay? Now, the Bible says, I'm just going to read two verses. The Bible says, oh, how I love your law. How I love, the point is, I love God's word. Friends, here's the problem. The screen isn't bad, but we do the screen too much, and you know what happens? We do this less. We do the Bible less. Because if we have a spare moment, screen, instead of, oh, I should, I should read the Bible. We do this less. And the Bible says, oh, how I love your law. And then one more verse for you. I'm not going to read this one later. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey. Now, do you like candy? Of course you like candy. Do you know what the Bible says? They didn't have candy invented in the Old Testament. But what did, what did kids like? Honey, that was sweet. They're like, oh, my mom gave me some honey. Mm, yum, yum, yum. The Bible is sweeter than honey. This is good. So I want to pray right now that all of you, all of us, have a greater love for God's Word. All right? All right. Let's fold our hands and let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for your love. We thank you that you have given us the Bible, and please help each one of us to love the Bible more. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. Now, um, pay attention. In the sermon, later on in the sermon, I have a story about a seven-year-old girl, elementary school girl, later on in the sermon, okay? Now, 
if you are three or four or five, then you can go to, to core kids. And if you're six and older, you go back to your uh, family. All right? All right. Very good. See you, see you guys later. <laughs> or how do you do that politely? Just leave. We're done. Yes. Have I ever told you my real name? Do you know it begins with an E? What? Edward. Yes, did you know this? The reason why I'm Mac is because my great uncle Macintosh uh, died in World War II. And uh, so on Memorial Day, I like to think about that. And uh, it's, it's kind of a, a special thing that my name relates to somebody who gave their life for our country. And uh, just like to share that around Memorial Day. Uh, now to this uh, message. Um, while I was preparing the sermon, I happened to see a former student at school, and I asked her, are you reading the Bible? I mean, the Bible teacher's got to ask this. Are you reading the Bible? And she replied to me, verse of the day, verse of the day. And I, this, is, this is nice, but... It's kind of a little, I mean, small piece of candy. Okay, like, oh, I do my verse. This makes me feel good. I've looked at the Bible and I move on. But she really is not giving much attention to God's Word. I also did a survey to my 10th grade class of numerous questions. One of the questions was, what is your goal for reading the Bible this summer? This was completely anonymous. Is your goal every day, five to six times a week? three or four times a week, or to be honest, zero. And uh, the students uh, did this poll, and 30% of them said, I have no goal. Now, I am very thankful that they felt comfortable being honest, and I respect them for their honesty, okay. But I'll tell you, for me, it did make me a bit sad that 30% said not even a goal. Now, it's another thing to meet the goal, but not even to start with a goal. Um, I know that in the past I've, I've talked about the screen, I have, and I guess my point is I want us to think about how we're training our brain with the screen. I'm going to say a few things now very quickly because I want to get on uh, to, to God's Word. Uh, the negative effects of screen addiction... I'm sorry, I misspoke. Screen enjoyment. Uh, emotionally, it has been shown, especially with social media, but other ways, uh, increased anxiety and depressed mood. Interestingly, especially at night for that one. It's interesting. Uh, relationally, how the screen can affect, in a bad way, uh, genuine relationships and even damage relationships in ways that you don't damage relationships uh, without a screen. Uh, physically and mentally, uh, with a screen, we're training our brain to lose self-control. Training it to lose self-control. And the reason why is because we become kind of addicted to the dopamine squirt, that brain chemical that triggers reward centers. Um, it also hurts brain development. Our brain needs boring and non-stimulation time. This is just good for our brain to chill and unplug. 
Um, and then spiritually, uh, too much screen time can simply be a waste of time. Uh, we're not seeing life from God's perspective. We're me-focused uh, very, much, very often with the screen. It hurts our ability to pray and to live with the mind of Christ. Uh, and with that said, I want us to take uh, a look at God's Word today about His Word. Now, a number of years ago, I had my 20th wedding anniversary, and the date of the 20th wedding anniversary I thought was kind of cool. The date was 12-12-12, So uh, this sermon, there's three points, and the Scripture passage, in some way, each one relates to the number 12. I don't know why I told you about the 20th wedding anniversary, but that's just the way it worked out. So uh, first Scripture passage is the 12th section of Psalm 119. Psalm 119 has 22 sections. Each section corresponds with the letter of the Hebrew alphabet, and so we're going to look at the 12th one. Now, on purpose today, on purpose, the Scripture passage is either going to be you look at it in the Pew Bible or you just listen to me. Uh, It's not on the screen. And it's fine. If you want to just sit and listen, it's fine. Um, I've made it easy for you. The first scripture passage is page 514 in the uh, Bibles there. Page 514. Um, The passage is Psalm 119, and the section of the the Hebrew letter is Lamed, which means it's verses 89 to 96. Uh, Each point, I'll have a different scripture passage course. So, uh, Psalm 119, verses 89 to 96. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment, they stand this day For all things are your servants. If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. I will never forget your precepts, for by them you have given me life. I am yours. Save me, for I have sought your precepts. The wicked lie in wait to destroy me, but I I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandment is exceedingly Broad, the word of the Lord. Uh, Psalm 119, the whole theme of 176 verses is about the Bible. It's about God's word. Now, this section begins with describing a few character qualities of the Bible. In verse 89, forever, O Lord, your word, forever. God's word is eternal. And then secondly, is firmly fixed in the heavens. It does not change. It is eternal. It is unchanging. You could say it is a rock on which to build your life. It's not moving or going anywhere fast. Character quality of God's Word. And then the very next verse talks about God's character. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. God is faithful. God is faithful. And he establishes the earth, and it stands fast. 
God has not only created the earth, He watches over the earth. We call this providence. God is creator, and God is providential God watching over creation. And in His providence, He is a faithful God. Now, what I like about this section particularly is this passage of Scripture deals honest with life. The psalmist does not sugarcoat life and say, Oh, Lord, I follow your word and everything goes right for me. No. It says, in my affliction. uh, What verse was that? Oh, yes, verse 92. I would have perished in my affliction. I've got some problems going on in life. Things aren't the best right now. And then, verse 96. The the wicked lie in wait to destroy me. Or there are people with pet peeves that are driving me crazy. Well, that's not what the psalmist is saying. That's a lesser issue. But still, this affects our life. It could be a pain. So life is difficult. We all know this. And what does the psalmist do in the difficulty has focus on something that is eternal, that stands fast, that is from a faithful God It is God's Word. Very often when people are in difficulty, they're tempted to doubt and trust in human clout. I would say look to God every day and His Word as your mainstay. This is what we need to do as opposed to doubting when we're in difficulty. And so the psalmist, in the state of life that he is in, He looks to God, he looks to his word, and what happens? He loves God's word. There is something beautiful that happens in his life, and it comes from his love for God's word. Life can be ugly, but God's word is beautiful. Life can be sad. But God's word is pure delight. The world would have us think old-fashioned, restrictive, and boring. But if you really get it, if you really understand what's going on here, this is life, this is delight, this is love, this is yes, yes, yes! This is what I need for my life. Whether life is like this or life is like this, this is what I need. This past week we had company and uh, we wanted to, they were from out of town, so we wanted to treat them to a, 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 a Chicago area staple Giordano's deep dish pizza, okay? Now when we brought, I brought this home and my wife did not have to say to me, sit down and eat your dinner and act polite with our guests. No, I got a piece of pizza this was delight, okay? I, I, I'm pleased simply, but I was like, oh, oh, delight, all right? And I thank God that he's created us with taste buds and we can delight in food. And it was natural. It was automatic. My friends, the will of God for your life is not to be a good Christian, sit down and read the Bible. Ah! No. It is here 
is a banquet for life. It is beautiful. It is a delight. I love your word. I did not read this verse earlier. I mentioned it to the kids. I read up to verse 96, verse 97. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation all the day. Yes. Granted, we have to grow in our love for God's word. We do. And it is a Christian discipline to read the Bible. But we need to remember that God's intent is that the discipline becomes a delight and it is a wonderful thing. So first, God's word. God calls us to love his word or just to understand that this is where God, God wants to bring you to a place of love and delight. Uh, secondly, uh, it is thinking about God's Word. It, it helps our mind and our thinking. Uh, this passage is Romans 12, uh, verses 1 and 2. And Romans 12, this is page 947. 947. Uh, Romans 12. Let's do a race, okay? Here we go. Ready? Got it. I, I said it too soon. We'll do the last one as a race, okay? Let's see. Okay, Romans 12, uh, 1 and 2. This is a famous passage. Uh, many a sermon has been written on this passage, and I'm just going to focus on two things from this passage. Of course, much more could be said. Uh, Romans 12, verses 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. I'll focus on verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. Renewal of your mind, your thinking. That by testing, you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. This is the word of the Lord. It says, do not conform to the world's way. What does that mean, conform to the world's way? Simply, I'll just uh, say three things. First of all, is either to ignore sin or say it's not a big deal. So, it's, no, that's not sin. It's fine. Or uh, maybe it's wrong, but it's not that big of a deal. Other people are worse. This is conforming to the world's way. Secondly, it is to trust in something other than God. Very often, it is trust in the almighty dollar. It can even be trusting in strengthening your core and working out, and like, and which is good to do, working out, wonderful. However, some people, it is, this is life, and health is everything. I trust in this, or I trust in other people. Ultimately, third, conforming to the world's way is really, at the end of the day, it's all about what I want and how I feel. This is really what it is, conforming to the world's way. Interestingly, conforming to the world's way might feel good or seem good at the moment, but over the long term, I would make the argument that it does not satisfy and it does not bring ultimate freedom and flourishing to life. So God says, in a sense, conform to my word. When you conform to my word and you're thinking the word, 
it is transforming, it's changing your mind so that you think differently, so that you see differently, so that you interpret what is before you in life in a different way. Now, how does this get accomplished, this transforming of the mind? Well, in the text it says here, in, in view of God's mercy, and obviously this, is, this verse is in context of the book of Romans, so the transforming of the mind begins with who Jesus is and what Jesus has done. Our life is not our own. It is purchased, bought with a price, the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of this gift of grace, because of what Jesus has done, now what does Jesus want? And what Jesus wants, and He can say this because He purchased our life, He wants our minds to be transformed so that we are not thinking like the world around us. We are transformed. So what does Jesus want? He wants us to feed on this book. One of the ways our mind is transformed is just by looking at God's Word. As you know, we are in a battle every week in terms of our thinking, in terms of other ways as well. But just in terms of our thinking, we're in a battle because the world's message, it is, we, we live in this, the world's message. And it is so easy to begin to just subtly pick up on this message and just in very subtle ways begin to conform to the world. This is why it is absolutely important that we are in God's Word. Now, one of the most important things to be in God's Word, actually, I believe, is to learn God's Word in community, in church, or in small group, which we are doing this morning. And it is kind of amazing, think about it, how powerful this time is. When we sing songs that are rooted in God's Word, when we spend a few minutes like now considering and thinking about God's way, uh, this week, even though we're bombarded by the world's message, and even though we might give in, there still, I think, is something in us that's going... This is not right. But in order to successfully uh, guard ourselves against the world's message taking a hold of our thinking, we need to be in God's Word. Um, you know, working in high school, I, I see this. And high school students, uh, they'll share with me more. You know, adults were a little more guarded. And I mean, high school students can be too, but they'll share a little more. And I'll get a little more insight about what's going on in here uh, more than I would with adults. And I see them struggling with the world's message. So important to be rooted in God's Word so we think correctly. Uh, lastly, the power of God's Word, the power of God's Word. And for this, I'd like to, us to turn to Hebrews Chapter 4. Go. <laughs> Who's going to beat me? Got it. Did anybody beat me? I don't know. Hebrews chapter 4. Oh, I'm sorry. Page 1003. Page 1003. 
Hebrews chapter 4. Uh, Again, this is a famous verse on the Word of God. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. Hebrews 4, 12. For the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. God's Word is powerful, and it has the ability to go deep within a person. Now, again, this verse is set in context in the chapter. The context of this verse is in this chapter is Psalm 95. And the context of Psalm 95 is when the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness just after they had been saved from Egypt, just after the plagues, the sea parted, all of these miracles, and then what happened? Lack of trust, lack of trust, lack of trust in God. Finally, God said, go into the promised land and you will find rest. And what did they do? Lack of trust. And so God said, you will not enter rest. You will die in the wilderness and the middle school and high school kids will grow up and they'll be the leaders. However, in this chapter it says, all is not hopeless. God has planned for rest for his people and it's found in Jesus And to understand this message of Jesus and the power of it and how life-transforming it is, you need to humble yourself to God's Word. Why? Because it has real power and effect. Uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, the Word of God, which is indeed at work in those who believe. To believe this and say, all right, Lord, this is your word, I am yours, have at it. God's word, as as you read and grow to love God's word and think God's word, it has an effect. It changes one's life. Now, a lot can be said about a double-edged sword coming in, and I thought about bringing an onion up here and a knife and cutting into it the layers, going deeper, deeper into the core of the onion. Alas, I did not. Uh, However, let me just say this. God's Word has power to judge and accomplish His purposes in your life. Now, that word judge, you might recoil from, and that's not very nice. It doesn't feel good, but the end result is beautiful because... We have junk in our lives that needs to be dealt with. And as we allow God's Word to deal with the junk in our lives, and as we allow it to go deeper and deeper into our heart, there is a beautiful result. God's purposes flourish in our lives. And uh, there's ways in which I have trusted or, or have not trusted in God. And God, through His Word, trusts me. And so I allow that. And I think, oh, now I'm a perfect Christian. I trusted the Lord. And no, there's something else. And God's word goes deeper, and it goes deeper, and it goes deeper, and it has a power in your life. So, friends, the Bible is something we are called to love. It is something that we are called to think about 
And especially in the world in which we live daily, we need to be thinking, consciously thinking about God's way to combat all of these messages. And believe it, as you open your life to God, His Word has an effect. It has a power in your life. So now let's think about our response to God's Word. Our response to God's Word. I would not be honest with God's Word if in my own life and your life I did not call us to repent. To repent of ways in which we treat this as just an add-on to our life. Oh, sure, we make time to do all we want with this, and I'm not condemning all of this, but oh, we make time for this, and then it's like, oh, if I have time, I'll get to here. There's ways in which we do this, and God calls us to say, I have given you this gift, and there are ways in which we just need to say, Lord, forgive me for not honoring the gift of your word like I should. Forgive me. And there is hope. Receive God's forgiveness. But then there's more to it as well. It is to simply, as I said before, grow in our devotion to and love for his word. Now, I'm going to share with you the best email that I received this entire school year. And this is my story about the elementary school girl. Okay, so kids, if you've zoned out, it's fine. But come back. Okay, this is about an elementary school girl, and I want everybody in this room to... No, I'm sorry, you don't have to come back up here. <laughs> no, just, just eyes. Let me see your eyes. Yes, eyes. Good. Are you looking at me? It's about an elementary school girl. Okay. So here it is. One day at school, I did the chapel talk to the elementary school. And my chapel talk was the children's sermon. Okay? That was my chapel talk was the children's sermon. All right? The next day, here is an email I received. Now, the mom wrote the email, not her daughter. Okay? So here's what the mom said. Dear Mr. Weiner. I wanted to let you know that my seven-year-old came home from school and basically gave me your entire chapel talk. Uh, she told me that you said that the TV isn't bad, but it should not be our first go-to. We need to make time for the word and make it a priority. This is what the seven-year-old girl told her mom. We need to make God's word a priority and make time for it. We have five children in our family, and she was the only one to come home after school because the others had sports practice or school events. She was all by herself, this girl. She was all by herself, and she sat down at the table, and she chose on her own to read the Bible as she enjoyed her after-school snack. She also connected the nourishment to our bodies and food with the nourishment of the Bible and our lives. 
friends, this is the sermon from a seven-year-old girl. This is the message for us today. And so I ask you, how are you going to make God's Word more of a priority in your lives? Now, I'll ask my students this, and they will look at me, and they will say, read the Bible more. And then they walk out, and I'm thinking, yeah, 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 I'll read the Bible more. That's the Sunday school answer, and go out. I am not letting you off the hook like this. No. Okay, right now you're thinking, okay, read the Bible, I'm fine. No. Okay, so the conclusion of the sermon is all of us together. Okay? So in your, uh, the pocket in front of you, you will see a green card. Kids, you get one too. Okay? There is this green card. And uh, it says here, what I will read in the Bible. If you need more time to think of it, at least write something down right now. Here is my plan. I want to, if, if you're here today and you actually are not even sure about the Bible, you're a skeptic, then I would challenge you to write down Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, one of the Gospels. Read about Jesus. Hey, why not? It's a, the Bible is a great work of literature or whatever. So what I will read, also when are you going to read? When? Everybody's schedules are different. We're in different stages in life. When I was in high school, actually, at night was better. Now, morning is better for me. I like to think about God's Word at night, but in terms of my focused read, morning is better. When will I read? Where will I read? This is important. If you're in the wrong place, distraction. And then, ooh, who I will tell. This is the kicker. You need accountability. We all need accountability. Take a moment and uh, finish this uh, uh, little sheet. Uh, I would encourage you to challenge yourself. I forgot to say this in this as well. So uh, for my, myself, I mean, I'm in the place of life. I read the Bible every day. And you know what my challenge was? Is to spend some time memorizing a pastor, passage of Scripture. I had memorized in the past, but I had stopped memorizing portions of God's Word. And uh, so that was kind of my challenge with this. So it doesn't matter where you're at with your walk with God, there is a challenge there. Some of you, this is really good, writing something down. Maybe not everyone, but for some of you, this is the challenge to step it up, is to just journal or write a little something down, even if it's a sentence or two. Here's what I've read, write something down. Uh, amen. And uh, I would encourage you 
after church, lunch, or sometime, that you tell the person the last line, who I will tell, because we need help and support from one another to make God's Word a priority in our lives. Um, well, I'm going to close in prayer. I'd like to invite the worship team up. And uh, for the closing prayer, uh, I invite all of you to stand uh, for this prayer. The idea is that uh, I want to I stand on God's promises, stand on His Word for my life. So I invite you to stand if you are able, and uh, let's, let's pray. Glorious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the marvelous salvation you have provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And we pray now that your Holy Spirit would do a new and a good work in our hearts. Please form our desires so that we have a greater love for your word. We pray, O oh God, that in a very real way our minds would be transformed so that we might know your will and purposes for our lives um, on earth. We pray, O oh God, that your word would have its good, purifying, sanctifying work within our hearts. May we stand on the promises of your word. May we stand on the truth of your word. And we pray this in the name of Jesus, our Lord and our Savior. Amen.